trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you to uh, for listening. Remember, if you are not already subscribed to uh, Grain Markets and Other Stuff, uh, you can subscribe on YouTube. Everything I do now is in video form. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of the uh, podcast apps out there. So pretty much everything I do now is available just about everywhere. Um, we've got a nice day in the markets as I speak here today. The corn market's into some fresh highs. December 2020 corn above $4, which is something that I think very, very few people thought that we would ever see uh, this year when you think about what happened with COVID, uh, with ethanol, with all the demand that we've lost. Yet here we are w- with a $4 spot month futures price smack dab in the middle of harvest. It's it's really an interesting deal. And um Really just goes to show you that things can change very, very quickly in these markets. Wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about uh, spreads in the corn market today. This has been kind of a hot topic. We've seen a big rally in corn spreads. And and what's happened essentially is that the nearby December contract has gained on a lot of the deferred contracts. And this presents um, a little bit of an issue for farmers out there. If you're a farmer and you have existing HTA contracts, you have existing um, futures contracts, short futures contracts, you've got hedges on the board, uh, your game plan for a lot of you with storage had probably been to take those contracts and roll them out to March or May or July or whichever month, you know, whenever you plan to deliver the grain and capture that carry. Well, that carry has uh, very much disappeared. The uh, December 2020 versus July 2021 corn spread offers us only six and a half cents of carry as I speak here uh, late in the day on Thursday. And uh, that's a spread that had been as wide as as 27 cents back in early August. So we've seen a phenomenal rally in the spreads. Um, for those of you watching, I'm going to show you um, a few charts here just to kind of give you some context. And I will um, explain this stuff the best that I can. Um, this is the uh, the December versus July uh, seasonal chart in corn. And we've got one line here that shows us the typical seasonal pattern. This typical seasonal pattern in this um, December versus uh, the following July in that spread is, is very similar actually to, to the seasonal pattern in flat price corn futures. The, the tendency is for the spread to uh, post some sort of highs in the spring or summer and then widen out and move lower uh, into harvest and then bottom, you know, sometime around September, October, and, and kind of stay soft through contract expiration. The second line on this chart, which is uh, the black line here, if you're watching, is what we're doing right now. And just like in flat price, uh, the flat price market, we are absolutely totally bucking the trend um, from a seasonal standpoint. We are moving sharply higher in these spreads um, uh, versus where we have been um, 
uh, or what we would normally do seasonally at least. So it's 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 kind of an out of nowhere contra seasonal rally in these corn spreads. Um, the next chart here is the historical uh, December versus July corn chart. And what you can see here is that, you know, when the spread offers you 25, 30 cents a carry, that's usually a really good time to uh, take those December hedges or or uh, HTAs and roll them out to July and capture that carry. And we actually did have that opportunity to do it at uh, the best you could have done is about 27 cents uh, back in early August again. So that's just a little bit of, of context. Now, what's really interesting here, and this is a chart that I've I've shown you here very recently, but um, uh, corn ending stocks and, and the stocks to use ratio, um, you look at what's going on here. USDA is projecting a 14.8% stocks to use ratio in corn, uh, 2.1 or 2.2 billion bushel uh, corn carryout uh, is being projected at the end of the marketing year which is very, very much in line, again, with what we've seen the last four or five years. We've been in this range of 14 up to about 16% in terms of the uh, stocks-to-use ratio. Yet, over these last three, four, five years, we have not seen this type of action in the spreads. This sort of spread action is really kind of unprecedented when you think about the situation that we're in Um uh, fundamentally, at least on paper, when it comes to corn, this chart right here is um, is a cool chart because it allows me to show you this year in that uh, December versus July corn spread versus previous years. So right here, and I, I know this may be hard to see uh, if you're watching, but you can see here these these lows right here. This is early August, and the spread tra- traded as wide as twenty seven and a half cents back on August fifth. We've seen this incredibly sharp rally, and the spread trades again only six and a half cents of carry. Um, as I talked about uh, earlier, we're only at six and a half cents a carry in this December versus July spread. So let's compare this to last year when we had a, a fairly similar supply and demand situation. This is 2019 is your uh, the purple line here. And uh, at this point in 2019, on this exact date, let's see, the December to July spread was offering you 22 cents of carry versus six and a half cents today. Uh, that spread uh, last year actually went out to 25 and three quarters in mid-October, and then it bottomed right around expiration again at 26. Um, The most it ever offered you last year was actually um, in May. It got out to 32 and three quarters. But you can see the stark contrast between... um, this year and last year. Last year, the 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 market this this particular December versus July spread consistently offered carry almost all through the year, with the exception of of this uh, that crop scare event we had last year. But you know, when you got into that harvest time frame, plenty of carry. Go back two years and bring 2018 on the chart. There was even more carry for a lot of uh, the harvest time frame in 2018, but kind of similar to last year in that. You know, we had carries at this time on this exact date. We were at 24 cents a carry from December out to July. Um, we kind of stayed in that range. We rallied a little bit into expiration, went off the board at 22 and a half. But there was still plenty of carry in in that year, which, again, 2018 was a year similar to this in terms of stocks to use ratios and in terms of carryouts. Yet you've got a, a totally, totally different action in the spreads. Go back to 2017, which was, uh, again, kind of a similar year, even more carry in the market in 2017. Um, the spread pretty much all through harvest traded in a range from, 
went 25 cents out past 30 cents, uh, got out um, to 30, 31 almost um, in November. So you look at, at what's going on right now compared to these last three years, which I would argue, you know, we're fairly similar in terms of uh, the supply and demand situation here in the United States, the, um, the the carryout projections, stocks to use ratios, all that stuff. And like 2020 just doesn't make any sense, right? We're taking all the carry out of the market during harvest and um, it, we're not looking anything at all like what we've seen the last few years with a similar uh, situation here when it comes to supply and demand. So I, I guess the question is, why? You know, everyone always wants to know why. And I don't really know why. I, I have theories. I, I can give you my thought as to why I think there's there's very little carry in the market. I think the first thing to consider is that farmers are selling soybeans pretty aggressively here, much more aggressively uh, at harvest off the combine than we've seen um, probably in any of, of, of these previous years that I discussed, these last three or four years. And I think that part of this is that beans are being sold so aggressively that there is not necessarily as much selling going on in corn um, at harvest off the combine. And I think that part of the spread function here is to pull some of those bushels forward and essentially disincentivize you, the farmer, from storing corn. They're trying to get some corn bought right now. They've got some demand uh uh, to fill some needs to fill. We know that uh, we've got a real good export book. Um, China's going to want these purchases shipped as will other countries. And um, maybe the the end user or the commercial just doesn't have what they need right now. And that's helping to drive sp- uh, price action. So the, the market is, is trying to incentivize you to sell some bushels now rather than later. I mean, the fact that they're only offering you six and a half cents of carry to carry corn from, from December all the way out to next summer is really telling you something. It's, it's telling you that the market, uh, wants the corn now. The other theory, which is, is not necessarily one that I'll say I'll agree or disagree with. It's possible. It's not possible. The other theory is that, of course, USDA is wrong, which is an argument that I've talked about before and an argument that I really don't like to make or uh, even even take a side on. But USDA could be wrong. And, and maybe the stocks that we're being shown on paper are just not actually reality. Maybe maybe the market, the spread market, um, the futures market, maybe those markets are, are telling us something about USDA's uh, numbers that that maybe they're not reality, maybe they're not correct. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, but um, there are certainly people that do. And USDA, as much as I hate talking about this, and as much as I hate uh, talking about how USDA is wrong and how USDA does this and that, they've made some some fairly they made some bad errors the last couple of years. The fact that we've seen these big adjustments in stocks um, in September uh, each of the last two years is is really um, it's not a good thing because it's co- I think it's cost farmers money. Um, I, I think it's made the markets kind of difficult to navigate. Um, again, with USDA, you've always got to play the hand that you're dealt, and and that, in my opinion, is the best way to do it. But it it has caused problems uh, without a doubt. So. Um, 
I think the market, I mean, my, my general take, I think the market is trying to buy some bushels now because I, I think the beans are being sold so aggressively. And I just, I don't know that there's enough, uh, corn out there. Now, what happens in these spreads between now and say the time that you would have to roll an HTA position or you'd, you'd, ha- or an HTA, uh, contract or you'd have to roll a future sale? Uh, that's a good question. You know, history suggests that the spreads just kind of stay soft through December contract expiration, yet we're not soft right now. So does that mean we could correct lower in these spreads uh, sometime in the next, say, six to eight weeks? Um, that's very possible. Could this spread, this this one particular spread I've, I've been discussing, the, the December versus July, could it go from six and a half cents to even or trade an inverse uh, at some point here in the next several weeks? That's very possible too. And, and at this point, that's probably more likely than than the opposite scenario. The, the spread certainly has upside momentum on its side. So if you're a farmer and you're in this situation where you've got existing December uh, HTAs or futures uh, contracts that you're short, how do you handle this? Um I mean, there's there's no way that I can predict what the spread's going to do. It's just like trying to predict what a futures contract's going to do. You can't uh, you can't do that. Um, I personally, if I had those sales on the books and they're only giving me six and a half cents to July, and that remains the case, um, you know, in December, by the time that I have to make that decision, I'm probably going to deliver those bushels because I don't think they're giving me enough incentive to go out to July. And, and if there's, if there's not enough, if there's very minimal carry there, that's when you could explore the option of re-ownership, which again, I use very, very sparingly. I I've seen re-ownership work out poorly in so many situations. It's, it's something that I very rarely advise, but, uh, that, that may be something to look into if there's no carry in the market and you've got short futures or HTAs versus the December futures contract, and there's no carry there. Now, in the next six weeks, if we go the other way and they put a bunch of carry back into the market and say you can capture 20 or 25 cents by rolling uh, your short uh, December futures or HTAs into uh, the following July, July 21, then that's probably the route that I take. So I think for the moment right now, my strategy on any of this stuff that that has been priced but not already rolled I probably wait and see. I probably wait and see what what the market does for me here over the course of the next six, seven, eight weeks. You've got to keep in mind that if the market keeps bull spreading, if we keep pushing this thing higher in the spreads, that may very well correlate with additional upside in the flat price, which is not something that I'd ever complain about. I mean, is is there is there something to be said for for missing out on that? Um, carry. Yeah. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to have the carry and I'd love to have super high prices, but very rarely do they occur at the same time. So you, I'm, I'm hoping that you kind of get one or the other. I'm hoping that we either get, you know, another 20, 30 cents on corn futures, or we get some more carry in the market. What I wouldn't like to see is, is just prices stay stagnant and spread stay, stay stagnant. That wouldn't really do a whole lot for me. Although I am a, pretty pleased with where the market's at right now, given everything that I know. I mean, all of our corn futures out through July 21 are above $4 here as I speak today. So I guess I can't complain about that because these are prices that nobody thought, nobody thought we'd see these prices this year. Yet here we are smack dab in the middle of harvest. I hope this was uh, somewhat useful to you. I know that this is kind of a confusing situation. 2020 has been a confusing year um, in a, in a number of ways, but I, I figured I would kind of spell this out for you and show you some charts. Remember, if 
you need some help uh, with your grain marketing, go to my website, go to standardgrain.com and click on grain marketing plan. Uh, check out that subscription service for 49 bucks a month. I'll let you know when, how, and specifically uh, I'm pricing these crops throughout the year. It's broken down by crop by crop year and by percentage. If you have any questions about uh, this short uh, discussion of, of these corn spreads, uh, drop them in the YouTube comments. You can shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I would be uh, happy to answer, and I will answer you very quickly if you uh, have a question or a concern. Everyone have a great day today. I will talk to you tomorrow.